0: Hello and welcome to the fourth podcast of the ukulele video playlong podcast. My name is Chris Russell, and I am a music educator who has integrated ukulele into choir, and I'm making occasional podcasts about using ukulele in education, playing ukulele, and of course ukulele video playlongs that you can find on YouTube that are being made by a number of teachers. Now it's been a couple of weeks since I've put out a podcast. Life has been a little busy. We had a middle school musical that we just wrapped up and a week full of conferences and now finally into spring break that we're all very glad to be on. So I figured I would start this spring break by making a podcast tonight and talk about a couple of things. And I won't go very long today, I don't think, but just a couple of things have been on my mind. Now, first of all, the ukulele that you heard at the intro there is my outdoor ukulele. Outdoor ukuleles are polycarbonate ukuleles, although some new ones have carbon fiber in them, made in Bend, Oregon by Outdoor Ukulele. And this one happens to be a tenor. I just recently put on some new strings by Aquila, which are called sugar strings. They're actually made out of um, sugar cane a little bit. And um, as you can hear they have a little bit of a squeak that wears down in time, but they're still Pretty new. I don't know if you can hear that squeak but when I'm playing there's often a, a squeak that comes and that seems to be indicative of the strings. Now I normally like playing on fluorocarbon strings oculas or Aquilas are often, I find them a little hard for me, but all of our kids ukulele strings that we use at school are Aquila, obviously. So um, these are the sugar strings. They look like fluorocarbon they're a little thicker than fluorocarbon, but I like them so far, and I'm just giving them a shot. They're supposed to be a little bit louder and have a little better sustain than normal fluorocarbons. And they're supposed to be able to be very responsive to uh, bending and some other things. So, uh, And that, again, is my polycarbonate tenor, Outdoor Ukulele, and you can order those directly online. I think it's www.outdooryukulele.com, and the tenor is about $149, sopranos are about $100, and they basically can be taken anywhere and you can do anything with them. They can also install strap buttons for you before you buy them or before they ship them, and uh, you can also get pickups in them. I don't have a pickup on mine, I just recorded right into my blue snowball microphone uh, for the podcast tonight, so still trying to figure out if I really like the sugar strings, if I'm going to buy them again, or if I'm going to stick with what I've typically used, which would be my Martin, in this case, the M620s, which are fluorocarbon strings that are available just about everywhere. The price difference is about a dollar, so nothing much to worry about there. And I would suggest, by the way, that if you have strings that you like and your local music dealer has them, and they're not too uh, out of... Uh, traditional price ranges because sometimes local music stores raise prices uh, to cover their charges. but if if you know the the price hike for a local store is just a little bit, consider buying your strings from your local dealer um, and if you can't get them from your local dealer, then look at a place like Strings by mail. And of course none of these places sponsor this podcast, but uh, they're places that I do business with and I'd recommend them. So I definitely wanted to talk about those sugar strings and um so i'm still trying to figure out those strings and how i like them i should mention that uh in the past couple of weeks that i haven't been making any videos and in fact i just posted my latest video tonight uh, a few weeks ago i'd asked on the facebook uh you can you can do it group uh which is a connection to the ning group there's a ning group that is the you can do it run by philip tamarino but he also started a Facebook group, and I asked the question, what songs do you need in your curriculum that we haven't made playlong videos yet? And one of the answers was Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So I created a video for that and finished that today. I really did all the work today. I'd started it before the couple of busy weeks, but just didn't really get to it. And the only challenging thing there, obviously it gets faster, but the original actually modulates three times i think it starts in b flat goes to b and then goes to c and using twisted wave on my ipad pro i modulated i took away the modulations, so i raised the first section by a whole whole step the section section second section by a half step and then left the third section as is for the play along so therefore if you have students They don't have to try to change keys or worry about bar chords as they play along with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So I got that out there tonight, but I wanted to mention that Andy Ramos has been very, very busy making some uh, new play-alongs and some religious-based play-alongs too, Man After My Own Heart. And then um, it seems that Kevin Way from Fredonia Middle School, who's... I believe he has worked with Dr. Reese because they're in the same community. Uh, Kevin Way has been making some more videos for his students, and he's had about three come out in the last two weeks after not having made some for a while. And that's that's what life does to you when you have families and, and you have a busy job. Uh, you can't always make those play long videos. So you might want to go and see the latest videos by Andy Ramos and Kevin Way. And I'm not sure if I talked about this the last time or not, but... Um, I'll have to go back and listen to my own notes because it's uh, it's been so long. But there was a fellow by the name of Joe Weiss who made a list of all the Yellow Book and Blue Book songs that you could search by putting in which chords that you knew and would tell you what songs you could play. And he allowed us to insert our database. The full database is on my website at ukestuff.info. But he allowed us to install our database on his website he he did the installation but now you can search all of our videos based upon what chords you can play or or what your kids can play or what your students can play now these latest videos are not there yet so basically that that list may always be about a month behind because i don't think it's it's fair to mr weiss to keep sending him updates and saying can you install this but i'll I'll send him up monthly updates and that will continue to expand the list of songs that are out there. So go to ukability.org and you can find that list. That's kind of a really neat feature and something that should be very useful to uh, people wanting to use the ukulele play-alongs. I also just wanted to really briefly discuss left-handed playing. Uh, Just the other night at conferences, I had a student and her family come in and we were talking about her ukulele and how she learned left-handed And, uh, again, I used to try to have all my students learn right-handed and and with good reason. Um, The main main idea is if they ever want to play ukulele and they want to buy one off the wall at a store or they find one at a rummage sale or whatever it might be, chances are it's going to be a ukulele that's strung for a right-handed player. So um, not that there's really much that special. Sometimes you'll find a compensated ukulele like the Martins are oddly compensated. If you ever have a chance to look at the Martin uh, saddle and, and what it looks like, it's strangely compensated that it doesn't quite make sense why the C-string is where it's at and where the E-string is at with a compensated saddle. And What a compensated saddle means, by the way, is that the the ukulele manufacturer has grooved the saddle to allow a little more extra space for the bigger strings and to be a little more towards the front for the thinner strings because of the thickness of the strings it it allows the ukulele to theoretically play more in tune now what i've been finding out too is that that has a lot to do with the height of the nut and there are a lot of ukuleles out there that when you buy them from a store and they don't set them up like a uke republic or mims ukes or the ukulele site um... if the if the store doesn't set up the ukulele that nut can be really high and can make playing the ukulele very very difficult not only because of bar chords but just because the the ukulele is out of tune because when you press down on the strings you're causing the string to have to bend a lot more over the fret now again with the ukulele you never have to press harder than you need to to get the sound to ring Beginners are always going to press too hard. And you know, all of us probably fall into that trap every now and then of of applying more pressure than we need to. But if that nut on that ukulele is really high, um, that extra pressure that you press down with can really force being out of tune on the rest of your strings. And of course, some ukuleles don't even have their frets in the right spot. If they're, you know, there's unfortunately some of those that are out there. Now, I'm looking at the outdoor ukulele, and one of the best parts about the outdoor ukulele is that it was modeled supposedly modeled after a very very famous ukulele manufacturer their first model was not so good i have one somebody gave me one and i love it i love having it but it had some issues and the outer ukulele fixed that um, with both their sopranos and their tenors and they kind of modeled it after supposedly after another manufacturer Which means that when you get an outdoor ukulele, it is set up perfectly. You will have a very hard time finding a ukulele that's set up better. However, some people do have some preferences. Some people would like a saddle that's a little higher so they can strum harder. And some people like a saddle that's a little bit lower so they can play fingerstyle much easier. But in general, for almost all players, the outdoor ukulele is set up pretty much perfectly. Now again, it's not a wood ukulele, so it doesn't have a wood ukulele sound. But it's also not a pure plastic sound either. So has a resonance of its own. Anyway, back to left-handed ukulele. Got off track there a little bit talking about saddles and so forth, and, and action and so forth. But, with the left-handed ukulele, you just switch the strings in the opposite direction. And things should generally work. Sometimes the C string can be too big for the E string slot. And maybe the, e string, the C string slot, is, the actual nut slot is too wide for the E string. But generally you're going to be okay. And what this allows is for a left-handed player to play the ukulele um, using the right chord shapes, yet in reverse, for, for their practice. And I didn't originally want to do that, but I had a, f- a colleague at my school that we had a ukulele night for the teachers, and she was playing along, and she raised her hand and told me I couldn't play it. And it turns out she's missing part of the tip of her left hand. So she has become um, really a lefty in that regard, where she wanted to be able to strum with her left hand and make chords with her right hand. I couldn't say no, and I literally went out and got my string winder, and by the way if you don't have a string winder, and you are a teacher of ukuleles, you need to buy a string winder. I think I talked about the Rody Automatic Tuner, the Rody is awesome, I recommend it as well. But a string winder, like the Eddie Ball, there's a second version one, Eddie Ball String Winder Pro, whatever. Get one of those. It will last a long time, and it will help you make string changes very quickly. So I got the string winder, swapped all four strings. Just takes a couple minutes to do it, and she was off to the races and was learning then as a lefty, and that got me thinking, why don't I do that with all my students? So. What I do, however, is I give my students the option, those that are left-handed, I give them the option to learn righty or to learn lefty. That's, that's I think, is where I'm going to stay. Now, again, the left-handed players do have to look at the chord charts kind of backwards. My friend Paul Marchese says that um, sometimes the lefties can think about looking at the chord charts as if they are going from the back of the neck through the front versus from the front to the back. I guess that would work. That way... If they make the choice whether they're gonna play with, um, make chord shapes with their less dominant hand and strum with their dominant hand or vice versa. So I've always thought that a lefty would have an advantage over a righty making chord shapes with the left hand because that's where the dexterity to me seems to need to go. But I don't know. I don't know why that has turned out that way or why we do things that way, but that's how we do them. Well, I don't have too much else to say tonight. As I have things to say, I'll just make new little podcasts. So They don't have to be very long. I would remind you that my website is ukestuff.info. You can check out blogs and things that I've written there. The YouTube page where my videos, my ukulele play-along videos, are hosted is youtube.com slash ukulele tenor. And if you are interested in supporting my work, uh, because a lot of the, most of the videos don't earn income... If you're interested in in contributing to the cause, even $1 a month, that'd be greatly appreciated. You could do that at patreon.com slash cjrphd. That's my uh, account at Patreon. So uh, very much appreciated if you would be willing to sponsor the work that I'm doing. I'll just leave with a couple more just chords here from uh, the outdoor ukulele. The George Formby thing still has a long way to go. Thanks for listening.